Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We introduce you to your future favorite artists today while celebrating the veterans that made this hip hop culture whose shoulders we stand on as we uphold dignity and the longevity of God's grace when it comes to our culture, our creativity, and our music. Please subscribe to HeritageHipHop.com to not miss any of our content as today we bring you a classic interview with a classic artist. Vertical Jones goes into his past, his present, and his future in this interview as we detail what it means to make music with your friends and what it means to heal through music and give the world classic material and clarity. This is a must-listen to, and we thank you for joining us. Am I going to talk too long? I'll be back with the rest of my commentary when this interview's over. Peace and blessings to everybody out there. Welcome to Heritage Hip Hop and the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. If you like what you see and tonight, we're gonna. I think we're gonna love what you see. Hit the like button, comment, and share this video. By hitting the like button, we hit the algorithm, and I thank you for joining us because tonight is special. This is one of the interviews. Like I get excited for interviews with artists like this because. Real music comes from the heart, and it only doesn't only come from the heart, it comes from God. Let me tell you something. In the Bible, if you believe in the Bible, whether you do or you don't, doesn't matter. But when it said that God's breath went across the waters, it also, breath is translated as inspiration. And when you meet people who are inspirational, they have a certain spirit, a certain texture of godliness to them that makes their art and their creative talent live. And tonight, I have somebody who's a living example of you have to be ready to listen to the word instead of just hearing the music. This is somebody who not only puts his soul into his music, he puts clarity, depth, perception, and technique into his rhythm of music. Whether he's in color or in monochrome, whether he's praising or delivering, this artist has the technique to make music matter. And for Black History Month, and we pray for peace for all. It is a man's job to be able to be peace, be at peace with himself, to deliver the message that could change the lives of the listener. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to bring Vertical Jones to the show. What's up, bro? I'm blessed. What's going on, man? What a what a uh, what an introduction. They don't they don't know this is this is Ali Frazier. <laughs> this is the thriller in Manila right here. Oh man, look. Thank you once again for giving me your time. I appreciate you. And let me say this before we go into the interview. Thank you for accepting me as a mind you respect. Because especially after slavery and in post-traumatic slavery disorder, Black men have always had the disadvantage of being accepted rather than just being. Right. So when you find a like mind or you find someone who respects your mind, it is a blessing that goes far beyond a compliment. And I want to thank you for that. Right. No, no so, doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I told you. I told you this is this is one of the ones I had to take a nap for. Like <laughs> I'm like, yo, I gotta take a nap. I gotta take a nap for this. I gotta be ready. I got some coffee. I got some water. I'm ready. You know what I'm saying shout out to the Brick City Buddha. He said this is the clash of the Titans right here. Oh man, <laughs> beloved, beloved, peace, peace. Body stoner peace. was good. Nice to stoner, see you. Stoner, stoner. Oh, this, this is Tariq Gonzalez. We oh, that's my that's my OG DJ Reek G's. That's the OG. Yeah, we sure. Peace, peace, peace. What up? What up? Oh, this is family. 
but yeah, everybody watching, please hit the like button because I need us to um I need us to hit the algorithm, please. And if you're on YouTube anywhere oh, else, man, let's go, let's go. Reaches, reaches. Oh, this is crazy. Karev asked the best questions in the game, so then let's get started, ladies and gentlemen. When it comes to um, oh, is it sending love to you? YD, hit me if you need me, bro. There you go. So. Shout out to everybody watching. Let's get um deep. If Her uh, Heritage Hip Hop has interviewed Vertical Jones before, so he's not new to the platform. If you want to give him a quick rundown, please tell him who you are and some of your history before we get deep. Um, I'm one of the original DIY artists from the tri-state area. DIY or, or 100 percenter is somebody that produces, sings, raps, mixes, masters, right, all himself, like. So I'm one of the original ones. I'm one of the original people that was doing beats on YouTube. It was like Ryan Leslie and it was me and my man Hef. Um, I used to go by uh, Choir Boy and uh, that's how I kind of got my footing in the game. Uh, at the time it was Kanye West, it was Lupe Fiasco and then it was me. That was the hierarchy of like the conscious rappers in the, in the, early, in the early 2000s, that was the hierarchy. Um, and I started to do my thing like that. And as I got older, I wanted to get rid of the choir boy thing. And I, I, I decided to use my name Jones after the death of my grandmother. And then Vertical was just something that, I was fascinated with the Tuskegee Airmen. I was fascinated with the uh, Top Gun and everything aviator. So it just made sense. So now, now I'm just like doing a whole lot of different stuff. Traditionally uh, a hip hop producer, uh, and then always been an MC. And then when my daughter was born in 2009, I started singing because I just used to sing to her because she used to be crying. So the only way my daughter would shut up is if I sing. I was like, you know what? So, yeah. That's the light version without going through accolades and all that stuff. People I work with, it, that's not what this is. No, I mean, giving respect to it, to go vertical also means to be enlightened. Right. So it means you leave the earth or you leave the ground to go to go speak to the heavens. You know what I'm right. saying? And I give you respect to that because they say when you hear music, good music, it brings your spirit up. That's a form of enlightening. You know what I'm Facts. saying? Facts. And I want to ask you with this first question because I think it's meaningful for you. I need to know what you think about this question. Okay. If the pulpit is where the preacher gives his message and the church is, is his venue... What is your church and what is your pulpit lie when you become an artist? Um, now, now it's social media because a lot of artists don't perform. I haven't performed in a long time. So I have a private Instagram. It's private, right? Only the people that know, know. And I go live. I put the, I put the whole thing in monochrome. I turn the screen this way and I'm live for four hours. The stuff that happens there is very similar to when you're in church. Right. If you didn't go to church, you missed the message, you missed the Holy Ghost, you missed the move of God that happened, you missed the spontaneous worship, and whatever happened happens on that live. And if you missed it, it's just like you missing the church service in that place on that on the social media platform, whatever one I decide to use, that's where the pulpit is. This is where people can, this is where I can give, and this is where people can receive from me. I like that because whenever we give to the world, it is our duty and our jobs to give people the truth. But the truth in today's world is so bastardized that we have the truth, a truth, my truth, his truth, you know? 
And I want to ask you, when it comes to music and being your true self, how do you know that music is true? Especially when I hear your music and you say, you don't even watch interviews no more because if the truth ain't there, you're not paying attention. Right. So how do you know to find the truth and to pay attention to what's in, in the message? Um, For me, it's just about being honest, right? It all stems from emotion, right? So it's like Marvin Gaye said, great artists suffer for the people. Um, a lot of us in times of great suffering, we start to create. I went through two years, but I didn't really release any music. You know what I'm saying? And then I went to a really bad breakup. And through that time, um, I felt like frozen. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't make anything. And then something changed. And I started to change. And as I started to heal, you know, short story, I was at my day job and I'm working. And I started to break down and cry. And I'm like, God, like, what's up? Like, I don't even want to do music no more. I don't even feel it anymore. Right? I don't even feel like doing music anymore. I'm crying. I'm trying to get through the night. When I got off work, I walked to my car and God is like, I took your music. I took your dream from you and I gave you peace. And I was like, okay, yeah, my life is a lot, is a little vibey right now. I'm, I'm real chill. The people that are in my life are positive people. I get that. Okay. And then I got this image of God walking out the door and right before he left, he said, oh, here, Take your music back. And I'm like, for real? And then I start creating. And then, yes, um, went through four weeks of just just on a Wednesday. Me, uh, Real Ass Promise, YD Stoner come through, and music is just happening. And it's happening, and it's happening, and I don't know what happened. It's like a faucet. It's like a fire hydrant was open, and it just was like, and I couldn't stop. And it was only when I was released to do so. So all of the themes from Yes and all of the other music that has been happening recently, you can tell what I was going through. So the honesty, all you got to do is just listen. These ain't just songs. This is my heart that I'm giving to you. This is what really happened. I appreciate that because hip hop and the music industry is such full of falsehoods that the truth is very hard to detect in earnesty. Yeah. Let me let me, let me let me let me pose this to you. Hip hop is supposed to be a culture, and people don't understand culture, but that's another topic. Hip hop is supposed to be a culture where, in culture, you have your god, you have your rules, you have your patriarchs, your matriarchs, your standards, your morals, your policies, your politics. You have all those things together. Art and expression, right? Right. And hip hop, the industry versus the culture tells you be truthful, but you can't praise God in your music. Or if you're Christian and believe and, and do hip hop, you're not as accepted as those who are Muslim and do hip hop. Right. And then if you if you if you sell drugs, you accept it. But if you talk about not doing drugs, you're, you're bastardized. So right. truth is very lost, or it seems in today truth can be very fluid. Where truth is what it is, truth. Right. Has the fluidity of hip hop today caused real artists to become rigid? and fight against the culture or are they upholding the culture and being rigid to an industry that runs like, like public and societal expectation and opinion? No, what, what happens is great artists are, are discouraged to even make music. This is why when we had the, the, the celebration, the 50th celebration of hip hop, 
I was expecting fourth quarter for everybody to come out. Kane should have dropped the album. Rakim, Karras, one should have dropped the album. My, uh, Ray and Ghost should have dropped the album. Like everybody should have dropped the album in in a celebration of this thing that we that we love so much, this culture. But what happens? They look at what's happening in streaming. They look at TikTok. And they're like, damn, this is like I don't want to do TikTok. They look at the new uh, the new standard of content. So now the record labels are like, you got one hit song, you got to do 30 pieces of content, right? So now a lot of the real artists that's just like, I just want to sit and play guitar and sing my song. I just want to throw on a, 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 um, a sample and just rhyme with no hook, right? So now it's like they're discouraged to even do that, not, not knowing that the world of music and the music industry is very different. The world of music is like the world of martial arts. All around the world, people do this for centuries. They've been doing this as a way to protect themselves, as a way to pass down stories, it's heritage, it's culture, it's, you know what I'm saying? All of these things. But like the music industry is like WWE. It's a form of something, but it's, it's an industry, it's entertainment. Shout out rap, rap is here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it discourages real artists. I just got to a place where I just didn't give a fuck. I don't care. I done did so much. I was like, I met Kanye West in 04 at the H2O Film Festival. I was with Dougie Fresh and my manager, uh, Frank Messer. I'm with Dougie Fresh. My man Frank Messer was best friends with Mike Haran. Mike Haran worked at Raucous. Right. Mike Haran is a uh, A&R at Shady. I think he helped do the Griselda deal. Frank Messer walks to Kanye West. He puts Kanye West in the headlock. And he's like, I got somebody that's here that's like you, but he's better than you. His name is Mike Jones. He's right over there. So he walks Kanye West over to meet me. And then I'm like, yo, you tough. And I'm saying, do your thing. This was so early that they only gave Kanye two songs. He did Through the Wire. He did Jesus Walk. And then he sat down. Kanye did the Jesus Walk song. At the time, I was already doing conscious rap. I was professing my, my belief openly. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I didn't care. I've already done that. I already was the quiet boy. I already was in the source and all these places professing who I really was. And at the time, gospel rap was like, Jesus is the one to save your soul. It was like that for a while. Why did I get respect? Because I was nice and I'm from North. You know what I'm saying? And I'm nice, nice. Like I'm nice, nice. So it didn't matter. Like I would stand on these stages and I would, I be talking, I be flipping scriptures and stuff like that, but the beats is hot, my voice is crazy, I'm from Newark, so I got this thing, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, they have to respect it, because at the end of the day, I think there's something that musicians fail to realize is that the consumer, they love music. They don't make music. They're not listening to music to find a sample. They just listen to music because they can't live without it. So that's one of the things that inspired me to just say, fuck it. I'm just going to do me. I don't care what they're doing. I love that you said that. Because, you see, the, 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 the horror and truth is you have to be brave enough to not give a fuck and for people not to accept it. And a lot of people are not brave enough to say, I don't worry, I don't worry about everybody else because everybody secretly wants to be liked. <laughs> everybody. You see what I'm saying? And that that's that is that is the truth. I mean, at the end of the day, some people lie and say, "Well, I don't have to be the focus of the picture, but you always want to be in the frame." Don't right. lie, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and even coming off of what you said, that comes with integrity. And having integrity is one of the sharpest tools in your box 
because wherever you have integrity, you could be the wolf in sheep's clothing, or you could be the sheep that walks around the moors and don't get touched. Right. Depending on how you use it. When I listen to your music, not only do you come with integrity, you come with something, a certain thing that most people don't take, take advantage of. And it goes beyond dexterity. It's more to the point of, if I was a boxer, it would be a jab. It's the utility. It's that right. one thing that you go to that whenever you hear it, that's you. Right. Who else has the guts to put out a monochrome series? Yeah. I want to. I want to ask you this. Okay. When you're in monochrome, everybody black and white grays. Right. Those are shades. Facts. Does your shades constitute in your mind the creative part of you, or is it the create, or is it you challenging the listener to dull their senses so they can get the basic message of what good music is? All right. So I have synesthesia, which is a a, a weird. Um, connection between color and sound, right? So what it is, is is how I interpret sound. So if it's black and white, it's classic. Like a black and white picture, a monochrome picture is powerful. Like Gordon Parks is my favorite photographer, right? So when I see a black and white image, like the, the famous Muhammad Ali one, when he's sweating, and it's just like, it's powerful. It's timeless. So monochrome was like a timeless... My 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 offering was to make a timeless body of work for hip hop, a timeless classic piece. But I didn't want to just want to. I didn't want to make one album. I wanted it to be like Netflix. They'd be like previously on. You know what I'm saying? It's like mad episodes. Like you go to the you go to the Whole Foods and you run into one of your mans. He's like, Yo, you hear that new series, Monochrome? It's a it's a nah, I mean, it's dope. What what season are they on? They on eight. So it's like, yo, you got to catch up. So it's like, why is it different with music that, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we get to have a catalog. You can go to Monochrome and be like, start from the beginning and just binge listen to the shit. You know what I'm saying? So the Monochrome stuff was like, I want to make a classic playlist of hip-hop music that I want to listen to. That people, that the, the people that I look up to, that if they heard it, they would be like, and a quick story, around the time when I was going through that breakup, I think it was right when K-Slay passed, and Foxy posted an image, a video of her, and I think it was A. Marie, a video. And I posted a, a, link, a, a comment, like, Fox, love you, Fox, da-da-da-da. That same night when I was thinking about giving up on music, she saw it. And a uh, quick short story, uh, I, graduated, I graduated Arts High School in 2000, right? I got my deal as a producer with Interscope in December of 2000. Anybody in the industry know that around those, those, those late December weeks, nothing happens. Everything shuts down. We got our deal then. And her brother, Anton, worked at the label. So I kind of been connected to Foxy's family, Gavin and all them, since I was like 19. So I told her, like, yo, um, I fuck with Gavin, da-da-da-da-da. At the time, I had a song called Inga. It's a freestyle. I sent it to her. And when she heard it, she was like, yo, bro, like you're a monster. Now, Foxy is one of my favorites. So her saying anything to me was like, you know what I'm saying? To me, she's like Nas, Jay, Fox in terms of skill. So 
that night she gave me these, these words of encouragement. And we had a very private conversation that I'm like you talk about integrity is something that my father always talks about. The average dude would have posted that whole conversation like, look, Fox gave me the green light. I didn't do that. It's very private. I never said anything. But that night she kind of gave me that extra push. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's where the colors come from. And even if you look at the cover for Yes, if you look at the colors and listen to the music, you, you kind of hear it. You kind of see it. I appreciate that because I just got a, uh, a quote that says, when Vert makes beats for me, he said, I made a purple for you or orange or et cetera. Right. That's right. That's fine. Yeah. But I offer a different take. Your monochrome series reminds me of The Twilight Zone. Okay. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. Right. Because, you know, the original Twilight Zone is in black and white. Yes, it was. But every episode had a societal or deep message that you had to sit and think about. Right. And because it was in black and white, it was bare bones. You just had to either now we have to reminisce about the time when there people saw it in real life, but it was in bare bones. So they had to look at it for what it is and not for what it was. Right. I want to say this. The most impactful thing about your music I got is when you listen to it on the go, it sounds different than when you listen to it when you sit down. What does that mean to you? I just started doing that. Being that I wasn't recording music, I was listening to this girl, Naomi Sharon, and Cleo Soul. And I would I would take an edible, and I would sit on the couch in my apartment, and I would just listen to music for hours. Like, I have never really did that, because I was always making stuff. I've been making albums since, like, September 1996. I've never taken two years off in my whole life. So... Uh, rap, no. I'll be sitting here, be listening to Naomi Sharon. They come through, we'd be drinking, whatever we're doing. I had the music going. I'd be like, yo, I want to make something that I can sit down and listen to. So when you hear yes, it's because I got back into being a music lover. I wasn't trying to make music. I just was listening and sitting down listening to it. Especially if you're in uh, under any kind of influence, it's a spiritual thing. It's very deep. It's almost like you're sitting inside of the music, as opposed to you on the go. You're listening to the beat. You listen to your favorite part. That's cool. Oh, that's hot. That's not play that back. When you sit in, it's different. It's different. And that's what made me appreciate music this year differently than the expectation of a 50th anniversary. Um, I'll put it to you like this. Killer Mike winning for the Grammy was a big deal to me because Killer Mike is he's a fat ass black man that's old, but he made but he made the album of the year. He's a fat ass black man who doesn't consider the norm of what today's industry of social media twerking and catchy beats is. It was life. It was truth. It was an autobiographic. It was a biographic. It was so many things. It was spiritual. It, it was spiritual. It, it was cultural. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. It, cap, it encapsulated life as an album. Why are people so afraid to give their life in their music? So when you sit to it, you sit and listen to it, you see your life. And why are people so scared to make music that when you're on the go, you're walking the road of freedom to the rhythm of life as well. I think the industry, I had a, I had a podcast years ago called the Sound University Podcast, and I had an episode called the Variety Pack. 
And the variety pack is when you're at these labels back in the day, early 2000s, late 90s. All right, we need the girl record. We need the club record. All right, you need the street record. We need the crossover record. We go get Miley Cyrus on this song. And then for the last four songs, you can do whatever you want to do with it. So that a lot of artists still feel like this. They'll listen to the radio and be like, oh, I'm going to make this because, oh, this is what Drake doing. This is what Travis Scott is doing. But like, thank God for uh, West Side Gun, Benny Conway. Shout out my man, AJ. That's, the, that's his first cousin. Um, and I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. So shout out to them. Um, but when, when, uh, Griselda came out, they just totally just wrecked everything. Like, we don't care what y'all doing. I know y'all doing the South shit. Y'all doing the drill shit. We going to bring these slow ass beats and we just going to rap about whatever we want to rap. We go do these weird covers and that, I thought that was dope, but you got to have a certain, I don't give a fuck in you to even do that. Killer Mike had that because He's been through so much stuff at he's been through so much stuff in his life at that age. At my age, I'm 42. I've been through so much stuff. I've been doing this shit so long. I don't, yo, I don't work with people I forgot I work with. I'm in the car with my daughter, and this Tory Lane song came out. I'm like, yo, Safe, you know I work with Tory Lane's, right? And I was like, oh shit. I did the song with Tory Lane's and Hood Superstar. And I forgot that West Side Gun was there. Um, Smoke Dizzle was there and Designer was there. So I technically worked with all of them and never even thought about it. Right? So it's like you have to have a certain level of I don't give a fuck to even be able to do the kind of art. Look at Tyler, Tyler the creator. The only way he's able to be so dynamic is because he doesn't care at all. I think Tyler the creator is one of the most, I think he's one of the dopest artists out because it's not just music, it's visually, it's everything. The clothes, the movies, the, the videos, the, the skits. He's in total control. But if you're not an artist that is in control of your career, you can't really dictate. You still have to submit an album to the label. You know what I'm saying? If you, for me, I could just, I could make an album tonight if I wanted to and put it out. It'd be out next week. That's the, but that but that's the level of power that the industry tries to take away. Because as we see, as the industry moves always toward the youth, they ban the experience. And if life is the greatest teacher and experience grows and matures you, everybody who's experienced, but like, I've seen the pitfalls of this, now I'm going to do me. Or I've seen that trick, I'm going to do this. Instead, they want to take advantage of those who are brand new. And it seems like poverty is the pillar of hip-hop that people ignore that's always in the corner that circulates every pillar that's around it. Yeah. So I ask you this. To be successful is a is a is a level of wealth mentally, spiritually, that people take for granted. But being impoverished is a strength that makes your wealth that much more dignified. Okay. So what have you learned in your poverty that made your manhood and your musicianship so rich and wealthy today? Um Staying present. Shout out my man, Docs. I had a session with Docs. He's like this crazy, he's one of the best lyricists on planet Earth. Let's just say that. Um, I've been working with Docs since 2001. I was one of the first producers to work with him. <clears throat> um, I probably have more than 50, 50, almost 75 songs recorded with him. I was having a session with him, and he was like, Vert, breathe. I was like... <sighs> 
I didn't know that I wasn't even breathing, bro. I was holding my breath. And what does that mean? That means that I'm such a futurist. I'm so a hundred years. I had a I had a line. I was like, uh, I said something like, uh, um, I'm meal prepping for my children's children. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm always so far ahead. And it's like Docs is like, bro, breathe. I'm like, <sighs> like, so it's like I'm with through the poverty and through the everything bad that happened to me, I'm learning about the little things. The little things that are everything. And the big the things that we think are big things that don't really mean nothing. That's why people that have wealth. How about this? I've never heard a news article that said. News break, skid row, a whole line of homeless people killing themselves. Why homeless people not killing themselves? Why the rich people, why the billionaires is jumping off of skyscrapers? Imagine being at the top of a skyscraper about to jump off and you got $12 billion in your account, right? Net worth $12 billion. You're about to jump off to a hurling death. And somebody that's sitting under a bridge is like, it's 8 o'clock. I'm about to go to the soup kitchen. And then I'm going back into Dunkin' Donuts and Tanya, she gonna give me those donuts. And then I'm gonna be on the freeway. I'm gonna be on Lions Avenue by the uh by the White Castle. And I'm gonna get that card. I'm gonna get that doctor that's coming from Beth Israel, and he gonna give me five dollars. I'm about to be lit. I'm gonna get high. I'm about to be lit. The difference is a homeless person understands moments. They understand that I can't worry about tomorrow. I gotta get this, I gotta get this dope today. I gotta eat, and I gotta get under this spot so I can get my spot under this bridge. And that's all that they're thinking about. This is why people in other parts of the world don't have money, but they're happy. And the people that technically have everything, like our kids, they got every fucking thing, bro. And they're not happy. They're just looking for the next thing. So that's, that's, the, that's the biggest lesson, the little things. Like sitting down and having a conversation with friends. Or having a dope conversation with a female friend of yours, or drinking a nice cup of coffee, or having watching um, who's the boss, or whatever shows I like to watch. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like watching your favorite shows, married with children, and being able to have a good laugh. Like those things are something that I learned that the little things are the big things. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like this interview, how you like the interview so far? Are we good? Are we cooking? It's still early. We we ain't even we ain't even yeah, going we ain't start yet. Yeah, we ain't getting yet. <laughs> there was the layup line. We in the layup line. But for everybody out there, if you like this, make sure you hit the like button. And let's take a moment to breathe, and we'll be right back after this. Heritage Hip Hop is a platform built upon the legacy and respecting and loving the culture that we're from. We are looking for a sponsorship. If you'd like to sponsor the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, please contact me at Karev at HeritageHipHop.com. K-A-R-E-V at HeritageHipHop.com. We are looking to build this platform and we need help. If you would like to buy some merch to help our platform, please go to tpublic.com, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com forward slash Heritage Hip Hop as we have T-shirts, mugs and other items for sale that will help us build this platform all proceeds given will be going towards us building a legacy that will live forever when it comes to hip-hop podcasting and celebrating who we are thank you and now we will return to the interview in progress now i want to take this interview to one form of wealth 
that people take for granted in today, and that's friends. You are part of one of the most incredible rap teams I've heard in a long time. I mean, I got excited over y'all like I was excited for the first Bootcamp Click album when it dropped. Whoo! So let's talk about Bar Mitzvah. Okay. But let's, but let's go into this the right way. First of all, shout out to all my Hebrew Israelite people that hit me because when I posted the album, they was like, yo, this album cover is fire. What yeah. the hell is this? Right. <laughs> and you, and you, tapped to the, you tapped into the nature of the ancestors. Is there anything you want to tell me about the cover art before we go into the project? I just was looking for um, Black Jews. Um, I was just looking for that representation on the cover. Once, once again, it's black and white, so it's something that was classic. And I just was like... Now, Bar Mitzvah, for me, it only meant it's a bar fest. These are, like, these three artists that I worked with, I've been working with them my whole career. And they're some of the best MCs, period. So I wanted to have an album with all of us together. Really, I reminiscent of Slaughterhouse. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, no, I just was looking for a representation of Bar Mitzvah that was Black. So when you see it, it just it hit a little differently. Nah, we ain't letting you get away with that. Nah. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know, a bar mitzvah is the party of a young person <laughs> growing into responsibility in adulthood. Uh-huh. These were grown man bars with grown man real life techniques and instances where when you listen to the music, you either go on man up or shut up or get your pen right because we heard some of the most incredible music on some jazzy, smooth beats, which means you couldn't do this and lose the message. Let's talk about the incredible rap team. Tom Giss, which would be, to me, the equivalent of the Hulk, the powerhouse that brings that street-level look that if it ain't, if you ain't there within the gravel, you're not getting your hands hard and dirty, you're really not going to understand the chamber, which he's really coming from when he talks about being a father and producing. You see what I'm saying? Right. For, for his community. If you're not, if you're not somebody who's a wordsmith, then if you're not really listening to Realist Promise, you're really promised to fail your ears in getting what he's saying. Because right. not only can he rhyme about detecting snakes and fake friends, he's also talking about getting the message and not answering his mail. He's talking about life and how he's putting things together in, in the songs for you to understand. If you want to think about <laughs> Realist Promise to me is more like if I had to make him an Avenger, I would put him as the beast. Cerebral. Very technical. Very technical, right? That's, that's a good word. Yeah. If, if, I, if I had to put Doc's Diggler, the Brick City Buddha, my guy, if I had to put him in an Avenger, I'll make him the vision because of the jewel on his head. And he represents the chakra. I was thinking Doctor Strange, but okay. Oh no, no, I can't give him. Go, 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 He's not him. I give him. I give him the vision because number one, whenever you're enlightened and your third eye shines, it's a jewel. And then to have a chakra means your inner man and your outer man is aligned. And if you know about the vision, he has two different foundations. He has the one that's in color that is man-made, and he has the one that's been resurrected and is pure white. Right. In other in other t- in other nations, pure white means death. Right. So if it's, is he the death of the world, the physical world, and the upbringing of the spirit? <laughs> Think about that, yo. Come on, let's get this deep. Yeah, he cooking. Cook. I called him the cook. vision. 
Because <laughs> if, you have, if you have the proper vision to understand hip-hop, you know, Doc's Diggler ain't a regular dude, yo. This is somebody who could talk about your life and your death in one word. The Louvre. Right. Borealis. Colors and pictures. Right, but you gotta right. get... You, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta grow up to get on that. But he's the vision to me. And then you got Vert. Vert is three characters and one person. Because if you know anything about the Avengers... You know, there's an overseer, an overarch, a watcher. Right. You're the watcher. Okay. Definitely. Number two, you're Nick Fury. Because you know how to put the pieces together to make sure they all come together. The last character from the Avengers, and I think is the most important person of the Avengers that nobody recognizes, is the reader. Because you're outside of the story. And you get to experience the collection of ideas and minds That's that heavy. takes you on an adventure. <laughs> to take, take on the adventure so that you can see the polarities of good, evil, right, wrong. And then you make your decision off of the technique that was given to give the story. Yes. That's why I love the Bar Mitzvah album so much. And for those of y'all who don't know, we're at the six-month part of Heritage Hip Hop, so I do Heritage Hip Hop highlights. And tomorrow I was going to release this, but I'll tell you now, Bar Mitzvah is being considered for the Heritage Hip Hop group project of the year just because of those things. Grown man hip hop. If I had to summarize Bar Mitzvah in, 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 the, three, in the three names, I would say Miles Davis, Cab Calloway, and Mark the 45 King. Okay. What is Bar Mitzvah, and why is Bar Mitzvah so necessary in today's hip hop? Well, basically, <clears throat> like I said, I saw I saw Eminem do Slaughterhouse. What Sla what Eminem did is he took four rappers that he was a fan of and he tried to put it together, but he tried to commercialize what they did instead of just letting it be very raw and letting it just be art. If M would have went into it like I want to make this Slaughterhouse thing, shout out Joel Ortiz, that's my man. Um if they would have went into it like, I want to make this just a hip-hop art piece, then it would have been different. I wanted to... And another, another thing that's very interesting is I'm Tom Giz, Docs, and Real Ass Promise, most consistent producer. I have probably over 50 songs with each of them. So I know what they sound good on. So when I started to put together the idea, the first producer that I got beats from was Static Selector. You cannot do a hip-hop group project without Static Selector. Got the beat. Then I got two beats from A-Rab Music. A-Rab Music is one of my favorites. I'm like, I'm not going to do, no, do no album without A-Rab Music. Got A-Rab Music. And then I got some other people I was working on with Monochrome. Bro, because I'm their producer, I only sent us a private SoundCloud list of like 12 beats. And I was like, Go. What one y'all want? Docs was like, yo, nobody taking this? Nobody taking this? I was like, nah, go for it. Then they wrote, yo, we did the album. Shout out um, um, Clico from uh, Purple Penthouse. I booked the studio. My cousin Kobe came to record the footage. I have all the footage. We did the album in one day. One day. We did the album in one eight-hour session. One eight-hour session, the whole thing. The whole thing is on tape. We was actually done early. 
We was done probably like within six and a half hours. And it was so competitive. So why is it why is it important? It's the story, like you said, the bar misfit. It's the it's the it's a celebration of the coming of age of four black kids from the inner city. Right? Tom Giss is one of the original battle rappers from Harlem. All of them always tell the stories how they battled him. Rex. Rex was a little dude watching him. And Mook and all of them party arty, all of these people, no Tom Giss. 140th in Amsterdam, out there in Harlem, being that guy. You know what I'm saying? This is a story of all of us becoming fathers, all of us being a little older, dealing with life, dealing with death, dealing with heartbreak, dealing with adversity, dealing with some of us career changes. You know what I'm saying? And it's some of the best rhyming that we've ever heard, and it's in concert. Boom, 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 and everybody's different. Nobody sounds alike. So I say that Tom Giss is like Tom Giss is the he's the he's the style of the group. Tom Giss is like a comedian to me. His first line is like every time, and Tom Giss can keep your attention for the whole duration of his verse. Only other person I know that can do that is Jadakiss. But Tom Giss is like a comedian. He's brilliant, but he's also funny too. Um, Phenom, I mean, real as promised, rap is like, he's the technician. Um, you know what I'm saying? And Docs is the prolific one. He's the prophet. He's gonna, he's gonna say some shit that you're gonna have to go on YouTube and really search. And I'm the heart. Every time you hear me, it's all heart. It's all feel. I'm talking about my kids. I'm talking about my relationship with God. I'm talking about what I'm really feeling. And all of those things that come together on an A-Rap music beat, on a static selector, on some of these beats that's just like a jazz sample from like from the seventies, and they just rap. It's no drums. It's just a, a a xylophone playing. Like it's crazy. So yeah, we need this because we a, a lot of artists that are older that are skilled don't have good music. They can rap, but you need to have somebody that is a producer. This is why all of the, the albums that came out in the last five, six years that has Alchemist, Mad Lib, Pit Boy, one producer or one overseer is always the look because it's one vision. Nobody fought me. Nobody fought me on the beats. I sent it. I knew they was going to like it. And then we went in one session. That shit happened in six and a half hours, bro. Yo, that's amazing. I'm going to keep it real with y'all out there and you this is one of the rare albums remember when you was a kid and you wanted to you heard wu-tang you was like i'm going to be a part of wu-tang i was you know what i'm saying that album gave me those vibes like i wanted to be a part of bar mitzvah i don't care yeah. i gotta be in the crowd just holding the sign yeah. <laughs> i wanted to be yeah. part of the crew i was standing on it because there are certain things that i hit on in the album that i believe grown people need self-assurance from and young people need to know that there's something that goes on beyond the life that they know. Right. Gray Hairs, I think, is one of the most important album songs that came out within the last year. Yeah. Because even when you look at the picture of the single, you got the little boy and you got the elder, you got the older man. It's right there on the wall. Where show them to him. Yeah, yeah. That picture right there, everybody, right. is very, is very, very pronounced because I need you to break this down for me. I really need okay. you to do this. Who's the reflection, the young man or the elder? 
The reflection is the ancestor. So when you give the world yourself, that's what they see, not who you are. Break that right. down. Basically, he's looking in the mirror and the ancestors looking back. Kind of like saying, you're not alone. Like, I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? In the past year, from September to December, I think I lost like six people. Shout out my man, YD. His mom passed today, this morning. My prayers are with you. Bless with you, bro. Bless you know what I'm saying? So you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing your ancestor. I'm seeing my grandfather, the great Luther Jones. I'm, I'm seeing him looking at me as I'm going through whatever I'm going through and I don't understand why I'm going through it. And the ancestor's looking back at me like, you'll be fine. You got this. He don't even know that this is going to lead to this. So that's kind of like what the picture represented. And I did that picture too, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's like that's more along the lines of what it is. So if you look at Bar Mitzvah, if you're a young black man listening to your OGs speaking, we're not speaking to try to preach to the young boys. We're just telling our story. And you can tell that it's very real. When you listen to it, the conviction in everybody's verse and everybody's verses and what they said, this wasn't a, I'm trying to out rap you. And that's what I thought was very interesting because I thought it was going to be like that. But these were songs. Gray Hairs is a song. The Illest is probably the only song where everybody just was like, ah, let me just show off real quick. Outside of the Illest, every other song up there was like everybody really locked into what the theme was. And the other thing that's crazy is everybody just wrote to the beats. We didn't necessarily have a title. The day of the day of the, the session, we started coming up with titles, but gray hair has just happened. Everybody just wrote those verses. We didn't write them together. We wrote them separately. And when we got to the studio, everybody's songs just everybody's verse just meshed. So, oh, my, yeah, no, that's crazy. Please, everybody, everybody watching, please hit the like button because this interview is too good not to be on the algorithm. If you're on Instagram watching this, please join us on YouTube and hit that like button. We we, right. we have some good numbers over here and we and we and we and we love y'all. Salute. Um, but that's not what really fucked me up with the album part of my language. The lost art of hip hop is recognizing our ancestors that made jazz music. This was a jazzy ass album. Yeah. Cause yeah. like I, like I said, um, a lot of people bob their heads and shout out to um, Master Killer. The deaf are intrigued by the drum. They just do this and they're not really listening. But the one thing about jazz is jazz can bring out your emotions and jazz can put you in an emotion as well. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, jazz music and the blues are the same. The only reason jazz was called jazz is because when white people went to the club, the juke joints and clubs, they didn't like the way we danced by shaking our hips. So they, include, they incorporated jazz with sex. But musically, there is an intercourse between the mind, the spirit, and the soul whenever you hear harmony and harmonious music. Right. Because that goes back to the enlightenment. Right. The song Kind of Blue was an enlightenment that most people need when they talk about their inner man instead of their outer man. Right. How did Bar Mitzvah build your inner man and not bring you out as just a producer making beats? How did it bring the best of you as an artist as well as a provocateur of making music? I stepped in. Like you said, I had to play a couple different roles. I walked in as like a manager, right? I paid a studio. I played Clico here. I make sure the camera's there. I make sure everybody's in place. 
like there's a clip on the film. We're doing a we're doing a documentary film. In the middle of the session, I think Tom Gibbs is in the booth. I'm sitting on the floor, my iMac on the floor, and I'm like sending files and shit. So it's like I'm executive producing, I'm managing the whole the whole vibe. I'm making sure whoever's supposed to be there. And then when it's my turn, it's like, okay, I can't play because these guys are killers. I gotta be, I gotta go in the studio. I gotta go in this booth and be that guy. So I gotta turn this analytical thing off and I gotta go and beast real quick. I feel like Selassie stepping off the plane. They say his feet ain't touched the ground. I bet I do the same. Now I'm saying I had to go in the booth and, and I had to start that song. Um, right after doing some managerial executive producer, like I'm at the board with Cleco, like, oh no, this the beat, do this, this tempo, da 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 da. Oh, let me go in the booth. All right. And then let me go. So it's kind of like I had to like switch gears really fast. And it was very challenging because Tom Giss has been my favorite rapper since like 98, 99. I've not really done a project without him. And then rap, he's been on damn near everything in Doc too. So these guys are like my favorite guys. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I had to make sure that my pen, even though I know, now this is the cheat code for anybody that's in rap. People like Rick Ross is dope because of their voice and the flow and the way that they use their words, right? So I know that my voice, my rap voice is so crazy that I don't even have to say nothing. I just, I could stretch it and I could ad lib and they'd be like, yo, he killed but I had to make sure that I had to actually kill. My pen had to be crazy. You know what I'm saying? To be able to fluff God. What up, fluff God? Um, my pen had to actually be crazy to even be on a song with these guys. I respect their pen that much that I had to elevate my game so that it would make sense. Because I didn't want to be like, oh, who's the last guy? Oh, he's the guy that did the beats and stuff. Oh, okay. I just wanted to be another one of the MCs. But none of y'all are just MCs. Y'all are teachers. Y'all are doctors. Yeah. You're physicians. You're working on people's inner man, outer man, soul, spirit, body, mind, technique, um, growth. That's the and that's what makes y'all MCs, not rappers. That's why I love the project so much. Like this is one of my favorite projects I heard since I did the next cycle for the Heritage Chip Hop Awards, and I've listened to this album. Countless of times. And I have my favorites. I have my favorite verses. I have my favorite lines. But I want to transition because I don't want to get too much in the bar mitzvah. I want to focus on you individually. Okay. I want to give y'all props because if y'all don't know, when it comes to the album credits, this album comes out on Vert Gish Trap Docs. That's right. that's that's special. Right, right, right. Because it's like Jodeci. Y'all all came together and y'all all reaped the benefits of this great story. Right. But let's talk about In the End. Because yeah. In the End is a transition song that leads to something new. Why don't yeah. you talk about In the End and we'll talk about where we're going from there. Okay, so I dealt with immense depression, right? My story with depression was very different. A lot of people, I see somebody that can be depressed because they're not good, right? Prime example, I'm trying to play ball and I just can't figure out how to do this Euro step and I'm trying to make the team and I can't make the team. But what if you're the best? Right? What if you're the best and everybody know you're the best? 
They know. If everybody knows you're the best, if you're already top-tier lyricist, producer, songwriter, they all know, and you look around at your life, and your life, the math ain't mathing. That, in the end, it's about that. Stop telling me I'm dope. I get disgusted. I want to throw up when somebody says you're dope. Stop telling me I'm dope. I know that I'm dope. Why don't you do something? Buy this album. Go support this. Share this link. In the end, was like that. The lyrics was. And then the hook is kind of like, yo, it's, it's all going to work out in the end. So the thing that's interesting about that is that song has singing in it. Because I was rapping so hard that night, I couldn't do the singing that night. I went to a big studio in Staten Island and uh, Phoenix Studio in Staten Island where I was an engineer at the time. And I went in there and I laid all my vocals then because I didn't want to... I was already being a producer, executive producer person and then having to be an MC. To switch and go to Stadium Vert that same day would have been too much. So I had to separate it and do the singing a whole nother day. Because like I said, that day, I was really just trying to get this in. So yeah, that song is kind of like, it's different for me. My relationship to greatness is very different. Once I achieved a, a level of mastery with music, and I'm a grandmaster with this shit, right? I have a quote that says, the ability to walk into a room of silent machines and walk out with a collection of sounds so beautiful, it literally moves you to tears. Once I get to that level, when I look around at my life and I'm like, why am I still here? That's what that, that's what in the end represented a frustration. But it also led to a release because the next project I heard you on was the yes project. And the yes project is one of the most, see, let me put this the right way. Cause I don't want, I want to be humble, but not disrespectful at the same time. People praise Andre three stacks for picking up a flute to show that his art is not just verbal. It could be expression right. as well. Right. I think the yes album is about mental and emotional maturity in a world where maturity has become a byproduct of ignorance. Okay. And that's why I like the project and love a lot of things about the project to the point where it's, it's, it's heavy. You can't pick this project up and just don't, and just and take it. Remember, you sent it to me. You asked me, how did you like it? Right. I said, I can't listen to this in one take and just tell you what I like about it. I had to listen to it about like 25 times. Okay. You had to live with it. Yeah, I did. Because you know what? That's what life is about. Even Ryu had a bag when he went to travel to his fight. Because right. he had to take what was valuable to him Facts. with him on his journey of life. And one of the journeys, let me let me get to my notes. Because I say, ladies and gentlemen, I take notes sometimes. One of the one of the notes I had to take was on the song. I think it's over, over it, over her, over her. And it says like, with the the, the joy and the feeling that you get when you finally get over over her. Yeah, it's a release. Manhood has been defined by how much pain you hold. That we don't talk about the pain we release to become better. Yeah. Why don't you talk about that and why that song is the theme song of manhood that people need not only to be introduced to? Um, I experienced heartbreak 
at a level that I didn't even think was possible. And it had very little to do with the, the lady or the young lady that I was dealing with. It had more to do with my ideology about relationships because I, I, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were as ministers. I've never seen my father hit my mother. I've never seen my father curse at my mother. They've been married 50 years. He stood 10 toes down with my mom. So my idea when I got into a new relationship of somebody that I thought was the one was, oh, she's Peggy Jones and I'm Charles Jones. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, now I get to be my father, which is very unfair. Now, this is growth. This is hindsight. This is hindsight being 2020. It was very unfair for me to put this young lady in this, put this girl on this pedestal when it was very clear what she wanted to do. But long story short, as that situation ended and I started my heartbreak, as I started to heal, I went through a situation when I was driving down the Ave and I saw her and she looked good. I saw her, I took a deep breath. Clinton Avenue, hit the hit the uh, left hand signal, turned left on Clinton Avenue, and I was good. And I was like, oh shit, I'm okay. It's no better feeling when you're over, over her. Like, I was like, yo, I'm over this girl. I just saw her. I didn't stop. I didn't get out the car and say, yo, why you do this to me? You broke my heart and shit. I just was like, oh, she looked good. All right. So that, that whole thing, like that feeling was the thing that started, yes, started me being able to open up and be able to tell this story about half of it is heartbreak and half of it is opening up your heart to the possibility of finding love again. So it's twofold. It's, def, it's dope because I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to open myself up to the, to the, the, the listeners and everybody out there. Love is the hardest conversation for me to have because it's the hardest thing for me to understand. Because in my, in my upbringing, in my personal part of the society and community I was in, I learned more about pain than I did about acceptance. So songs that have pain or characters that have a character flaw talk to my heart more because I see myself in them. Right. And this album for me is is a step i haven't taken in many instances because either i'm not mature enough yet or i just don't know how right the thing that impresses me about the album is you have the dichotomy of love on this album the most important people that you're ever going to love in your life is yourself your spouse mate whoever and your mom right and i want to talk about your song mama right and i want to contrast it to the song not so easy to let go. Okay. Um, Mama is a song about the picture is me in the kitchen talking to my mom about this new girl that I met after I just went through two breakups. And it's kind of like, if I'm coming to mom about this girl after these last two, it's something about her. It, it, it speaks about an excitement almost being over the top. This is very new. This girl is not any of these things yet. 
She may be, but it's too soon to know. But the song Mama is just about my excitement, my childlike, high school-like excitement for this new girl. And I'm like, Ma, even when, she, when she's there, I miss her because I know she's about to leave. I'm like, Ma, this girl is like, yo, I'm really on this girl. So that's what Mama is. And the same token, life, and this is why I feel like artists should be honest. I have a song called Let It Go. And it's like, it's that day after I saw old girl and she looked great. She looked beautiful. When I hit Clinton Avenue, I was like, oh, I'm good. So then it's like, dah, 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 it's time to let it go. I'm feeling like, come on, I just got my hair cut. I just came to the barbershop. I got some Nutrien on. I got some Krispies on. Like, what? That's her loss. What? The next day, after I'm feeling myself, I can't get out of bed because I miss this girl so much. The reality is healing is a day-to-day -day thing. One day you up, one day you're laying on your face because you don't understand why somebody hurt you. The reality of love is, is complicated. And it's not so easy to let go even after you think you let go. It's a process. And that time heals all wounds. It's going to take time for that thing to turn into a scab and eventually turn it just to a scar. And scars are just proof that wounds heal. So flip that. There's a saying that you only live once. Okay. I always say you live many lives because you die every day. And that's what made gray hairs important to this album to me. Right. Because when you look at the picture of gray hairs, you said that's the ancestor looking at you. Yeah. If you look at it as that young man looking at himself in the future, he's looking at the pain he has to go through to get wisdom. Mm, if you look okay. at it as the elder man looking at his young self, He's looking at his innocence and how pain made him wise and experienced. Right. Love is the experience that makes a person wise because you have to get hurt. When you're a man that has a son, you love your son, but you know some woman has to hurt him for him to become a man, for real. Yep. And as a man, if you have a daughter, you know your daughter has to go through heartbreak to understand that she, she she's that she's in righteous terms, she's the earth that gives forth life, but someone has to injure the earth and dig it up before the right seed is planted and new life is to come. Right. I think what makes Yes on classic level status of music is that people are afraid to talk and live through their emotions. People rather just coach you through an emotion and see what you do with it. Before I ask my question, I'm going to say this. I want to give respect and rest in peace to my mother and father. Because right. when a man loses his mother, that's the emotional core damaged or, 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 or strong. It's the emotional core that ties you to wanting to be somebody's baby and protect it. Right. When a man loses his father, he loses his identity because that's who he grows to inspire to be. Right. You said yourself, when we pass away, the art, the art will live on. When yeah. we pass away, the song, the song will live on. 
What part of the song? Wait, wait, wait. Let me get my notes. Let me get my notes. You gotta love this, Charlie. This, no, this is amazing. What part? What part of the song does salt resonate with you? As you got bars, and you got the vibe out with authentic wordplay when it comes to singing. What made that song alive, not just a song for somebody else? In the part of the healing process, you go from she hurt me. Why you keep keep? You go from that to accountability to disgust. I'm I was at my job. I used to park on the fourth floor. Well, this one day at work, I couldn't get it together. I'm I'm having an emotional breakdown over this girl. I tell my coworker, I'm like, Kathy, I got to go outside. I'm not okay. I go outside to the fourth floor. It's raining and shit. It's dark. The motherfuckers is putting medical supplies in the building. That shit was so fucking dramatic. I'm like over the thing. I'm crying. I'm like, I don't understand. When I start, when I got to the place of she hurt me to accountability to disgust. I would continue to park on the fourth floor so I could look back at that spot and say, I'm not going back. I'm not being that nigga again. I'm not about to do that. That I ain't going back. I ain't going back. That's what it was. It's like all I was seeing is the fourth floor. This same spot. What? I'm like, bro, that was mad dramatic, bro. Like, come on, bro. And you know what? You know what did it for me? I thought about, I'm sitting there crying, and what would happen if the girl that I'm crying over was sitting looking at me? She's just looking at you. And you crying, and she ain't crying because she's over it. And you crying. That song salt comes from that disgust of, you got to get over this. You're holding on to this. And when you're holding on, you can't have arms and palms open to receive what God has. And what happened is God gave. He filled me back up with people and places and things that would help me to understand what a blessing it is to let go. What a blessing it is to be empty. To have nothing. When we go back to what we're talking about poverty and what place does poverty hold in this whole thing and understanding what wealth is and what wealth is, is detachment because all suffering is rooted in attachment. So detachment and letting go has been the biggest blessing for me. That's, that's wise because in today's world, people don't want love. People want to destroy love. And let me tell you why I say that. You have the traditional woman, modern man, passport boy era. I don't look down on nobody for their choices. But what I hate is when they, they destroy stepmothers and stepfathers. Because that's another level of love that it seems like they're telling people when you have kids, don't expect to get with nobody else. Those are your kids. That's your issue. And there's great men and women who have given their lives to take care of other people's children. Or they have children their own. You know, shout out, shout out to my family because I'm a stepfather. You know what I'm saying? And right. I love all of them. You know, and as even as a step-parent, there's certain things within you that feels empty that you want to see grow. You long for it. But to be able to step in for someone and to take care of others 
that's a very godly type of love that not everybody's ready for. Shout out to Agape, because if you know what it is, there's levels of love that even it's very hard to get to, but when you show it, God bless you. Yeah. And the one thing about today's lack of love that is turning into self-conceited narcissist love is this. Everybody's quick to make somebody hurt for their loss. Is yes, a love letter to loving yourself and loving the possibility of life to come afterwards. Half of it is. The first half of it is, well, not the first half because it's, I scattered it because I wrote it like I felt it. So it wasn't like linear, like heartbreak, healing, love, bliss, marriage. It was like one day I'm, I'm grieving over the people I lost, the first song. And then it's over her, and then it's mama, and then it's like let go, and then it's like, oh shit, I'm broke again. So part of it was talking and being very honest because I feel like people don't want to talk about real love because it, it leaves you exposed. This album, I'm very vulnerable. You got to think about it like this if I got a new chick that I'm talking to, right? I'm letting her know that that girl hurt me, and I was in love with her. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not saying she wasn't. She was everything. I love you, and you're the future, but that, she was it. And I'm not over her yet, and I'm dealing with that. It's very, it's a very honest thing that I did with, yes. I had to admit publicly that she did break, she did break my heart. I was in love with her. I did think that this was going to go all the way. However, it didn't, and I'm learning how to be okay. And oh, shit, like the song, yes. My favorite line in the whole album is, when I wasn't looking, you came. Out of nowhere, like, you just come being nice to me and loving me and just being kind and listening to my ideas and being, it's like, oh, shit. So the next thing that I will do will approach the self-love. But this is about acknowledging heartbreak, the healing, and then opening up to the possibility of receiving love. Like, cause for a minute, I would go on social media and all my all my homegirls know I'd be like, yo, single and not looking. I'm gonna try this again. One year later, after my breakup, single and not looking. And, and you look on Facebook and all the homegirls would be like, Vert, we know you not looking. We know what the fuck you like making a joke of it. But I just was like the Grinch of love. And shit. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I just was like, I was not fucking beat, bro. But that healing process, like I said, when I wasn't looking for love, you came. That song, Yes, is my favorite song. It's very powerful because it just... It's like, oh, shit, okay. Like, my hands is up, okay. Like, in worship, your hands is up because you're surrendering and you're, allow and you're allowing God to pour in. And you're like, God, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not okay. But, okay, love me. Bring it. Bring, bring whoever is intended to love me. So, so the heartbreak would make sense for me. Yo, I got to say this. You remember our last interview when I asked you what makes better music, happiness or pain? This was a pain-driven album. But 
pain is a yin yang, just like yes and no. Yes and no are the two most powerful words in our language. Because one is acceptance and one is protection. Right. If you use it that way. The man that's on bar mitzvah is the man that made yes. What is the pain that you went through to make bar mitzvah? And is it equal to the pain that it took to make yes? The thing that happened with bar mitzvah, um, bar mitzvah happened a week before I lost my job. What happened was I had to quit my job for something that was happening with my kids. So I put all this money together to make this album that I wanted to make with the homies. A week later, I lose my job. And if I knew I was going to lose my job, I wouldn't have made this album. I don't got $2,000 to pay for no rap album. And... So the, out, the art happened and then life happened. I, I had to resign from a 19-year tenure job. Had no place to stay. Me and my kids, no place to stay, no job. Found a place to stay, still no job. Unemployed for six months. I've never been unemployed. Even when I had my deal, when I was on tour, when I was on the... Everything I did, I had a job. Bar mitzvah happened, then life happened. I didn't. I, I wasn't even in pain yet. I was dealing with like the depression and the regular shit I always deal with. But the real shit, the heartbreaks, and... All of the stuff that happened, happened after Bar Mitzvah. So these are not even the same people. I went through two years of like crazy shit. And that pain led to me making yes. But I went through almost, I went through almost a year and a half of not even making music. Bar Mitzvah already happened. That happened a while ago. We just released it because... After the album was happening, they was like, ah, right, what we gonna do? We gonna mix and master. I'm like, bro, I'm homeless. I ain't got nowhere to live. They like, no, for real. I'm like, no, for real shit. Like, I ain't got nowhere to live. I ain't got no job. Like, this album got a motherfucking weight. So everybody was like, okay, cool. And I, it took me a minute to get myself together. So these are two separate people. On Bar Mitzvah, I was just excited to be in the studio with my friends and get a beat beats from my favorite producers. And it was just fun and it was art. You know what I'm saying? Right. Salute the realest promise for the check and letting us know that this interview is a classic. I appreciate that, bro. So I don't want to close out the interview on that, but we have to talk about the power of the word yes. The power of the word yes is letting go, like you said. It is acceptance. It is right. intaking. It is receiving. Ooh, we got to go somewhere else. We got to go somewhere else real quick. No, go, go ahead. Take me. Okay. So what yes is. Let's talk about what yes is. Yes is the moment in the Pursuit of Happiness movie with Will Smith when he got the internship at Dean Witter and he's walking through the crowd and he's like, that's the yes moment. It's the moment, the light at the end of the tunnel was the last song. It's the moment when you're not out of the dark yet, but you see the possibility of things working out from the distance and you're like, oh shit. I see something. That's a light. And what one thing that people got to understand about a tunnel, if you're deep enough in the tunnel, it's darkness everywhere. <clears throat> it almost seems like you're submerged in darkness. But if you can get out of the tunnel, there's an, there is an abundance of light. There's light everywhere. It's everywhere. When you come out of the when you come out of the tunnel, there's light everywhere. 
So that yes represented <clears throat> that picture. I wish I wanted to use the image, but with everything that was going on with Will Smith, I just thought it wasn't a good idea to use him. But philosophically, it just represents that moment in that movie. His his wife left him. She she left. She left him with the kid. He had he had no job. He had he got locked up. He, you know what I'm saying? He was trying to get the internship at the at the stock place, like all this stuff. His his son wasn't understanding what was happening. He was being frustrated. Life was life in. And it started to change. Now, at that point in the movie, it didn't change yet. He, his life didn't change yet. One or two things happened. He sold the uh, bone density scanner and he got the internship. He still didn't have no place to live. His car was still in the pound. His son was still going to the Japanese uh, daycare. It didn't change overnight. So what Yes represented was yeah, I'm still healing from this relationship. Yes, I find, I'm finding new people to put in my life, but I see how God is working this thing out. So that's the scope of what yes represents. He took my fire from me because I was about to go to something like that, but I'm glad you said it because you're the artist. But I want to ask you one thing, though, because since you said that, and I wanted to talk about one more thing. The, okay. cover, the cover is a blue sky with orange clouds. Yeah. That's called the dawn or the dusk, because that right. is when it's dark and the light is either coming or the light is fading. Facts. So with it being yes, are you explaining that? So this is the dawn of the new day. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I like art, yo. That's just my thing. You know what I'm saying? That's why I call y'all superheroes to me. Y'all are y'all are the y'all are the the um y'all are the uh, the um, evolution of the Harlem Renaissance. Y'all album covers and y'all words, y'all are superheroes to me, man. Y'all can tap, y'all have an, an innate gift to tap into the soul and the emotion of people who don't know how to express themselves. You know what I mean? So I appreciate y'all so much. And the light at the end of the tunnel for so many people means so many things. I've heard lines like, I have a new lease on life like Andy Dufresne. If y'all know Shellshank Redemption, you know what it was like for him to get his freedom. But for people that's not yet free, Happy Black History Month. For people that's not yet free, the black fist is our yes. For women who are told they're not worthy, giving birth is their yes. As a man, what is our yes to you? How do we pass our yes on to next generation so they can have a higher that yes moment and better as the generations move on? <clears throat> I feel like I feel like the biggest. The biggest hurdle for creatives, and I can speak for creatives, I'm a life coach. I call myself a coach for creatives. Comparison, and they say it's the thief of joy, right? Comparison almost killed me. So what is the yes? The yes is the realization that success is a tailor-made experience. It's like tailor-made. Tailor what success for me is not success for you. And as an artist, we look up to who we look up to, right? And for me, it was Nas, it was Hove, it was Timbaland, it was Chris Martin, it was John Mayer, it was Bono. These were my these were my heroes. So what I would do, and it was good to study them and become a master at the craft. But as I said, when I started to compare my life to their real world success, it was it was too much for me to bear. I didn't even want to live because my success wasn't happening but i didn't understand that i was successful i sold out joe joe's pub by myself 
That was a Ticketmaster event. It was a line around the corner. It was me, Tom Giss, and Joel Ortiz. That was success. The place was packed. It was all Jersey people in there. The whole place was packed. Now, we look at that like if you're an artist that can sell tickets, you're a real artist. I was a real artist the whole time. I'm looking at Hove at the garden, not understanding that I did SOB seven times. Place sold out. I was already a success. So the yes is to identify what is success for you. What is it that you desire individually for your family? What is it that our family, what is it that we want to do? And not to look at, with, with social media, it's very easy to look at people's highlights. But what is it that, if you're honest and you ask yourself and you ask somebody, what is it that you actually want out of life? I guarantee you that the car that they want, where they want to live, the kind of job would be very different. Some people may want to work with animals. Some people may not want a car. They may want to live in Toronto or Manhattan and just be in the, in the vibe. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was to take away um, comparison. And this is why this album is so special is because I started to, I want to I say this real quick. I want to talk about uh, inspiration. I want to talk about foundation really quick. So Timbaland obviously is my favorite producer. I patterned a lot of things after him rhythmically, but sonically, I went to a Word of Faith church, which is kind of like the Joel Osteen churches, the white churches, and the praise and worship was like Coldplay and U2, right? So I have that musically, and then I have I have the bounce. So what happens is, well, yes, I started to unlock those things. But as I started to continue to create that foundation, I built on that foundation, and I told my man, rap, I evolved the bounce. Now... I don't see Timbaland. I don't see Coldplay. I don't see these people. I just see Vert. I just see yes. I see me now. I'm starting to understand what it is to be an artist after all of these years. And being an artist is just being unique and allowing yourself to be rare. Ooh, allowing yourself to be rare. Ladies and gentlemen, God is certain in the books of the, um, of the Annals of God. It says that... Um, Yo, shout out to Tasty Taysom. Shout out to my man from Chicago. It says that um, you were made a light not to hide under a bushel, but to put on the top of a mountain because you are the light that shows God's essence through you. And that's why music is so important, man. I mean, that's why I give you so much respect. Shout out to Chief Bally, who actually introduced me to your music. Um, shout out to the bro. Uh, yes, sir. Because they, yes, they put me on, and that was a life-changing thing. And I thank them, and I thank you for what you've made. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to end this uh, episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. I think it's a classic. Yeah, facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. But now you got to talk your stuff. Stand on your square, my man. Tell everybody you why they should get your music and um, talk your shit. Peace. Um, I got something called um, Urban Folk, right? And it's it's a sound that I created. Um, traditionally, I'm a hip hop artist. But I feel like the music I'm making is just like, it's, it's exciting to me, man. There's a quote that says, set yourself on fire with passion and people will travel for, for miles to watch you burn. I just want y'all to watch me burn. That's it. 
Just come watch me burn. Just watch me cook and experience what it is, what it is to see passion, to hear passion. This is what passion looks like. This is what passion sounds like. This is what somebody that really don't care about what anybody else is doing, what anybody else is thinking. I'm just expressing what it is that I think is dope. I'm working on a new project that is so crazy, right? It's so crazy. It's called, this is an exclusive. It's called, I have everything I need. Mm. It's the follow-up to yes. My name is Vertical Jones. Look me up on Instagram. I have a private Instagram called, uh, you just look up at uh, Stadium Vert on Instagram. I go live on there. It's private, so I have to accept you. And you can see me working on this album on this private Instagram. It's insane. So. Hey, man, he's still on his square. And I'll let y'all know this interview is coming, is closing down. I'd like to know, would you like to play the uh, Truth Behind? I'm oh, not Truth Behind, but I'm sorry. Would you like to play the rapid fire questions again? Is, are you yeah, 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 yeah. That's, 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 a, that's a part of this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the rapid fire questions are not yes, no questions. These are questions designed to show the depth of knowledge of the MC artists, their craft, and our hip hop culture. So we're not going to go long tonight because this was a pretty good interview. And I gave extra time to this because I have to respect the mind of the man that's behind so much greatness. That remember, greatness is the opinion of the era, but is also the proof that life existed. Remember that. Uh, so, so let's go to question number one. Miles Davis, Cab Calloway, Duke Ellington, Vertical Jones. Why do those names? Why do those names complement each other? I feel like I feel like I'm like a, my mood, my natural um, mannerisms. I'm like a jazz guy. Like Train is my guy. But Miles Davis, I'm like one of them jazz guys from the 60s. I'm like that usually. Um, so, yeah, the, that whole thing and how cerebral jazz is. Um, I got a book called The Physics of Jazz, right? It's like jazz is so deep. And a part of who I am is just like that. So that, that would make sense. Real is promise, time gist, vertical Jones. Doc Stigler are the Avengers. Who are the X-Men that could spar against y'all and bring out your best? Um, I don't know, man. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like um, there's a lot of great rappers that can rap, but the ability to write songs and to tell stories and to use that same skill level to evoke emotion in every track. I don't think that exists that widespread. Like I shout out my man, Graf. Graf is dope. I love Graf. I love Benny, Royce the five nine. I love them. I love Elzai. I love, um, there's so many Joel Ortiz, you know what I'm saying? Locksmith. Like it's a lot of really dope MCs that I admire. But um, I don't know if there's a collection of MCs that have assembled themselves that can do what we did on Bar Mitzvah. Honestly, they can rap, but what we did was that wasn't that was art. 
It, it is a dream of mine before the Heritage Hip Hop Awards to actually have all of y'all together on here and we just do a bar mitzvah roundtable. I would really, I would really like to do that. So if you can help me get that together, yeah, yeah, that's that's like we could do that. Yeah. I would, I would definitely like that. Here's my next question: Music is the elevation of life. Lyricism is the elevation of experience. What is the elevation of both in a man's life? Peace. <laughs> Enough said. Peace. <laughs> and there it is right there. So yeah. to everybody out there, that's the end of the interview. Peace and peace leave, to the gods. <laughs> peace, God. I'll, I'll, I'll leave with anything God. else because peace <laughs> is what it's all about. I'm going to take Vert out of, the, uh, out of the conversation. Thank you for coming on. Stay on. And I'm going to end the show. So everybody, thank you for watching. Vert, stay on. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to have y'all on the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. If you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, and follow us on all social media at Heritage Hip Hop. See that down there? At Heritage Hip Hop everywhere. If you like to donate, dollar sign Heritage Hip Hop, or you can go to tpublic.com forward slash Heritage Hip Hop to get some clothing, merch, stickers, or anything. All that money goes into making this platform bigger. My dream is to be the Ralph McDaniels of New Jersey, and we want to put it out there so everybody knows not only does Jersey have great hip-hop, that we are a hip-hop culture and we want to stay alive. So please, support as much as possible. I thank you for your time. I thank you for your investment. But most importantly, thank you for being alive. I want to say to everybody out there who has lost somebody recently or is going through some pain, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And this album... It's part one of the reasons why I have hope for us as a people and as a culture to know that we can get through anything. Kendrick Lamar said it's going to be all right, but Vert says there was light at the end of the tunnel. And as he said, when you're engulfed in darkness, it's when you see the light that hope comes in. And then when you get through to, through the darkness to that light, not only was your hope made manifest, which is faith, it is the blessings of the newness that gives your life meaning and purpose. So with that being said, this is Karev, a heritage chip out saying thank you for watching. Peace. And we out. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast featuring Vertical Jones. This broadcast is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We are more than music. We introduce you to your future favorite artists today while celebrating the hip hop culture, standing on the shoulders of greats and bringing forth greatness from them. Please subscribe to Heritage Hip Hop on all social media platforms and follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you stream your podcasting delight. This is Karev thanking you for your investment of time. And we look forward to episode 200 as it's coming up soon. We say peace, God bless, and we out.